Okay guys, that's it. I hope you're ready for a very detailed conversation on women's health. Right, Gemini? Right. Very detailed. Coming up next, okay? Very, very detailed conversation. I'm talking about some people might cover their ears. Some people are maybe used to it. I'm not used to it, but I'm going to try to go there. Next up, Resource Corner with Women's Health Details. A continuance of the beginning of women's health breakdown screenings and testings what type of people should get these screenings and testings and how often you should get these screenings and testings done what's up you guys Gemini I said I was coming back to do my women's health segment and resource corner so i have it here with me guys and it's guidelines for women's health coming right up okay you guys so what i'll be reading here is a list of different health issues that women could possibly encounter and that they need to get checked on a regular so i'll be starting with a list with three categories, which is screening and testing, meaning what tests and what screenings that should particularly be done for a certain condition. And then we have who, and these are the type of people that should get these tests and screenings done. Frequency, which is how often these tests and things will get done. Now, to each of these categories of illnesses, ailments illnesses sorry if i'm saying it wrong i will be giving a description of what these conditions are and the risk and some of the treatments but basically a breakdown of information getting a little detailed into the woman's body okay so coming up women's health All right, now for Resource Corner, focusing on the topic of women's health. What's up, you guys? Gemini. I said I was coming back to do my women's health segment in Resource Corner. So I have it here with me, guys, and it's guidelines for women's health coming right up. Okay, you guys, so what I'll be reading here is a list of different health issues that women could possibly encounter and that they need to get checked on a regular. So I'll be starting with a list with three categories, which is screening and testing, meaning what tests and what screenings that should particularly be done for a certain condition. And then we have who, and these are the type of people that should get these tests and screenings done. Frequency, which is how often these tests and things will get done. Now, to each of these categories of illnesses, ailments, illnesses, sorry if I'm saying it wrong, I will be giving a description of what these 
conditions are and the risk and some of the treatments, but basically a breakdown of information, getting a little detailed into the woman's body, okay? So, coming up, women's health. What's up, guys? It's Gemini 21, a.k.a. Ray the Lamb, and you are listening to Universal Chit Chat, b.k.a. Universal Spirit Music Aid. And I just wanted to come and do a quick drop of resource corner. I have some resource information available for you guys, and it is for CareSource Women's First. Now, CareSource is not just for women. It is also for men, but they specialize in women's health also. Um, You can enroll today at CareSource dot com women's first you can sign up online at caresource.com slash women's first or you can call member services at 1-800-488-0134 again that number is 1-800-488-0134 those who have a hard time hearing or have hearing aids the deaf um call 1-800-750-0750 you know what i mean someone give them that number if they're interested in health assurance um you can also earn rewards with care source insurance you can go to my health and click on rewards when you go to caresource.com. Go to my health, click on rewards and you can view all the eligible activities that you can earn to complete and earn rewards. Um, You can earn rewards from doing things like getting your flu shot, getting a dental exam, a pap test, mammogram, certain vaccines, and more. You can redeem your rewards at My Health and click on Rewards. Um, You can choose from a variety of gift cards for retailers such as TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, Panera Breads, iTunes, Google Play, and more. So you can get all of those things um, uh, addressed on the online site caresource.com. It takes up to 45 minutes. um, I'm sorry. It takes up to 45 days from the receipt of your doctor's claim before your reward is added to your My Health Rewards account. You will receive a notice that will that you have earned rewards by text or email. So once you update your information on the care source and give the care source permission to communicate with you via email or text, then they'll um, you can set your communication preference to email or text um, and then they'll contact you with um, information on your rewards and if you've earned any. So once again, you go to caresource.com and you go to my care source account and then you're going to click on my health and then you're going to click on rewards and then that is how you find out if you are earning rewards. Some of you might be earning rewards already with this my health app. Um, you can access my health by logging into my care source account at mycaresource.com, click my health tab, then link to my health to see all of the rewards available to you. Go to my health and click the rewards tab, okay? So once again, that number is 1-800-488-0134 for TTY hard of hearing, 1-800-750-0750. And that 
is what you need to know. Is your health a, pro- a priority? We're going to reward you for taking, or they're going to reward you for taking charge of your health. Preventative care through routine exams and screenings can make sure you're at your best. The Care Source Women's First Program Rewards. So this is just for women, basically. You can see that this is just for women. The Care Source Women's First Program Rewards you for taking care of yourself. Get exams like dental checkups, annual flu shots, pap tests, mammogram, and more. You can earn up to $90 or more per year for completing these screenings, all covered by your care source benefits. Who can enroll? All women between the ages of 19 and 64 qualify for the Women First Reward Program. You must be an eligible care source member to earn rewards for first reward. <laughs> Women's first rewards. I'm sorry I messed that up. But either way, um, I think that this is a good insurance to go to because you get a rewards card that you can earn money just from going for your doctor's appointments for. And it's for women ages six, um, ages 19 to 64. So that's good. It is not available for men. I'm sorry, men. It is not available for you guys. But, um... It's just a little bit of chump change, some people would say, but a little bit of chump change sometimes goes a long way. So some people need that chump change. So you can make that much up about to $90 a year going to your appointments, okay? So that was my resource corner drop in with women's first care source information. Okay, be back. Okay, what's up, you guys? So... I'm feeling better. I'm back. This is me, Gemini 21, a.k.a. Ray the Lamb. Yes, okay. So, I said I was going to do my women's segment, and I'm about to do my women's segment right now. So, my speech is always kind of messed up, so excuse me if I stutter or anything like that. But I am just going to break down some of these things that are inside of the... Health maintenance for women, guidelines for women's health. And these are the tests, these are the screenings that you want to get on a regular. You know, as women, this is what we want to do. So it has a scale and it's basically these three topics right here, which are, or these three categories right here, which are screening, tests, who gets these screening tests? Well, let me go back. Screening tests. These are meaning the tests and the screenings that you should get done. These are the type of of tests and screenings you should get done. And then we have who, which means who, what type of people, who are the type of people who would get these screenings, like what age of women, young or old. And then we got frequency, which is the frequency of how often you should get this test or this screening done, which means like a year, every two months, every three months, things like that. So, first of all, I'm going to start off. What I'm going to do is, people, this is a very detailed, long segment that I have planned here. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to start by first identifying the screenings and tests, who, and frequency of all these natures and then i'm going to come back to you guys and i'm going to break it down i'm going to break it down into what these tests are what these screenings are what what you know what are the risk factors 
you know, things of that nature. So, first off, I want to start with screening test number one, which would be a breast cancer screening. So, number one is breast cancer screening, and this means that you should get a physical... <clears throat> yes, this is live, I told you. So, you should get a physical breast exam for women's ages 40 and over. This is annually, and annually means you can get this done once a year, okay? So, that is a physical breast exam, and that's where you go into the doctor, into your your um, women's doctor you can go into, like your OBGYN, or you can go to your internal medicine, which is your doctor who gives you physicals, your primary care physician. You can go in there, and then they will fill around for any lumps or bumps and any abnormalities that should not be there. And then, you know, if there is anything they'll show, they'll go ahead and they'll refer you for testing. Okay. <clears throat> like I said, this is live. I'm a little choked up here. Number two, under breast cancer is a mammography. That's exactly what it says. But that is a mammogram, okay? So a mammogram is checking also for breast cancer. It is another type of screening test. This is for women 40 years and over, okay? So both of these. This one is 40 years of age and over, okay? First breast exam should be 40 years of age and over. But you know what I say? I say if you think something's wrong and you're under the age of 40, you go get it checked out. You ask and you ask them to fill around. It doesn't even matter. I say no matter how old you are, ask them to fill around and make sure everything is okay because you can never be too positive about anything, right? It doesn't matter the age. But mammograms are for women ages 40 and over, and this is annually, which is once a year. And you can also discuss the risk factors and family history with your doctor. And that'll determine if they want to see you more often, okay? Just like I said, if you, if you have a history or you think something could be wrong, then you go ahead and you get that tested out. Okay, so next we're going to talk about cervical cancer screening. Yes, so cervical cancer screening is a screening test that tests for HPV, the human papillona virus. It's testing and screening. Okay, so you get a pap smear and you go in. Well, I said that backwards. You go in and then you get a pap smear and then they swab you and then they test to see if you um, have come in contact with or if you have the HPV, the human papilloma virus, okay? So this, what you do is you want to go here from the ages of 21 to 65, but when you're born, they have a test that's, um, they have a vaccine that your children should get, which is the HPV shot okay that's a vaccine the hpv vaccine so this day and age and the generation can be pr protected from that but um i'll come to you with more facts and things um about that later okay and it might later may not be today but it will be on another segment um so like i said the human papillomia virus test and screening hpv testing you get that done from for women ages 21 to 65 and how frequent you get this done is pap tests with hpv tests every three years so you want to get a pap test every three years 
with one of these tests from the age of 21 to 30. Um, and then from the ages uh, from five years after you're 30, like after you turn 30, you want to start to get it let's see every five years now if they find something they're going to want to scrunch they're going to they're going to uh, test you more frequently than that but if they don't find anything you know because i've looked in there i'm going to come up with more facts i got to go read about it guys but um if they don't find everything the basic is is that you want to get these things from t these tests done from 21 to 30 every three years and then you get it done after the age of 30 for every five years, okay? It says screening paps are not required after hysterectomy. Now, a hysterectomy is where you get your uterus removed, if I'm not mistaken. But like I said, I'll come back with facts because I don't want to tell you anything wrong. Do not quote me. Always go check your sources. Go check the facts, okay? Google is a good place to check for facts, okay? Um, and don't go with the first thing you see. But anyways, unless surgery was performed for cancer or precancerous disease, meaning that um, they're not required unless you have some sort of cancerous dis disease, okay? So you can't be uh, exposed to HPV unless it was performed, um, the hysterectomy was performed because of cancer or precancerous cancerous disease okay so i hope you understand what i just said because i barely did but okay so next on the list would be and that is the frequency remember so next on the list we're going to have cholesterol screenings okay so that's the lipid panel including ldl now, like I said, I'm going to have to come back to you and tell you exactly what that means, but it is for cholesterol. It's cholesterol screening, okay? So, for all the women starting at age 20, all women starting at age 20 or earlier in cardiac risk profile reveals high risk. So, that's, if you have high risk for high cholesterol, then you want to be seen earlier than the age of 20, but for the basic woman, you want to start getting seen at the age of 20, on up okay and then the frequency of these visits that you want to get this lipid panel including LDL okay so cholesterol screening is every five years or more frequently based on the results and risk profile so if you're at a higher risk you'll need to be seen more but on the basics it's every five years for cholesterol screening okay Oh, wow. So, I don't want to really want to say this, but colorectal, colorectal cancer screening. So, I'm guessing that is rectal area. So, it says basically this type of screening, which is a colonoscopy, sorry, or high sensitivity stool occult blood testing or flexible sigmoidoscopy. Ah, that word right there, sigmoidoscopy. That's why I got to come back to you and break these things down a little bit better because I might be saying this word wrong, but I'm sure that you might can look it up. Um, it starts with the S-I-G, but either ways, this is colorectal 
cancer screening. So this is just to basically make sure that you don't have cancer in your rectal area, in your, you know, in, in your back area. Okay, so who and what type of people should get this done? It is for men and women ages 50 and up. So if you're 50 and up, then that's definitely go ahead and get that test done as soon as you can because we don't want to miss anything. You know what I mean? Um, some experts experts suggest ages 45 and up for African-Americans. So I'm talking to my African-American people out here just like me at the age of 45 and up you want to start going to go get that colorectal cancer screening so basically you want to make sure that you do not have any cancer in your rectal area okay and that um in in your intestines or anything like that so that is very important okay black people love you okay love you all anyways but still my black people i'm especially talking to y'all 45 don't wait till 50 that's for the white people you start at 45 for those with a family history of screening should begin at 40 and 10 years before the age when a first degree related uh, relative got colorect colorectal cancer precurrences polyps. Okay, so basically that is saying that if any of your family members had anything that showed up where they had in their past colorectal or any type of rectal cancer or had to get screening whatever age that they were when they had to get that screening no matter what family member it is even if it's six years old you should get one and it doesn't before that time so just say someone got a screening at 22 years old 10 years before that is when you want to get your screening because it's possible to develop it if it runs in your family that's the risk factor so um any type of if they had any type of colorectal pre-cancerous polyps any colorectal cancer if they had any type of cancer in their rectal area you want to get that um 10 years before it developed in them before you start developing them because it means it had been developing the whole time okay so these tests should be done a screening which is colonos colon colonoscopy i'm sorry y'all i'm so sorry colonoscopy meaning that is every 10 years preferred so you should get a colonoscopy check all up in there every 10 years okay men and women high sensitivity stool occult blood testing this is done annually which means once a year men and women okay flexible sigmoid sigmoidoscopy i want to say it like that that should be done every five years so look it up google see what that is um i might have my co-host seraphim come read it back to you again and then all the words will be correct because she is just so smart um so every five years with high sensitivity stool occult blood testing every th three years okay so let me say that again you should get this flexible sigmoidoscopy every five years and with high stool occult blood testing every three years if you have a high stool blood testing then it should be every every three years okay now what I'm getting here to next, and yes, you can hear me flipping the pages because I'm reading. Um, what I'm getting 
to next is the screening test for diabetes risk assessment now to me i want to say this is very important because my mother had diabetes she had two types of diabetes she had type 1 and type 2 okay and i think that diabetes no matter what some of these people who because you could be walking around with diabetes and don't know it but no matter what people and how people make it look easy it's very hard it is very dangerous and you got to be careful about what you eat you got to be careful about a lot of things what you intake what you do you got to keep up on your health okay so diabetes risk assessment which is fasting plasma glucose or hemoglobin a1c now you can look that up yourself at diabetes.org go to diabetes.org and look up some information on diabetes and what i what i'll do is i'll provide more websites for you to go look at some of these topics yourself and read about what they are what the procedures are what the testing are and what the ailments are treatments things of that nature okay so um you want to go to diabetes.org for more information about diabetes um risk assessment okay so this is for women ages 45 and over and this is for women whose BMI, and I want to say men too, okay? But it doesn't say men too on here. But we know that men get diabetes too. So for women ages, because this is about women, women ages 40 and over. And then for women whose BMI is greater than 25 with at least one additional risk factor. So a risk factor is something else that's going on in, in your with your body that makes it makes it more high risk and makes it more easily for you to catch diabetes say say if your mother had it like my mother did so that would make me that would be a high risk factor for me an additional high risk factor so you want these testings done which you want these testings done which is fasting plasma glucose or hemoglobin a1c every three years okay every three years but sometimes, you know, got to be a health fanatic and just be like, hey, can you check me when you go into the hospital? Um, if you notice anything that gives you a sign that you could be diabetic between these three years, I would say get that checked out. I would say go see, go get it checked out. Okay. Next, we have HIV testing, HIV screening. And this is something that you want to get done. I'm like this. If you have unprotected sex. If you don't have unprotected sex, just get the testing, okay? So let me tell you, it says all women ages from 13 to 64 should be offered the test. Now, they say 13 is when you start having sex and 64 is around the time you stop having sex. And if you don't got it then, then you're probably not going to get it. But what I would say is if you are sexually active, if there is any situation where someone is messing with you in an inappropriate manner and you are under the age of 13, please still talk to someone. They care. They have help. You just got to trust in someone. Talk to people at the hospital and tell them your situation and still tell them that you want to get tested because you are afraid that someone may have um that not well that you, you someone has done something that they shouldn't done and touched you in an inappropriate manner you always want to get tested so now for people 13 years and older women 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 we got to play it safe okay you got to wear protection 
because you never know what these guys could be walking around out here with and they do not care sorry guys it's the truth some guys do not care they will sleep with you with no protection then they'll turn around and go sleep with another female without protection and then they'll go home to their wives or their girlfriends and sleep with them without protection this is a problem in our society is that no one cares about the health of the next the one sitting next to them it is not okay to be careless and to be you know to be so free with your body this is something that god gave us to flourish and create families that would love us with not to just put out random kids with random women and random men okay and then go turn around you might not be able to ever be with another man again because you've connect contracted something that you can't get rid of and that has taken a toll on your life and changed you are who you as a person you know so i think that i want to say be very careful out here okay you want to get these hiv screening look hiv screening test hiv screening test hiv screening test go get it done that's what i'm saying like over and over and over again i'll say it as many times as i need to 13 to 64 i don't care about this age right here get it done all the time as much as you can it don't cost them nothing and even if it does so what it's government paying for it and even if it ain't so what get it done as many times if you are out here having sex if you're having unprotected sex or if you come in contact with nasty places or that are not sanitary laboratories i don't care what they say about how things can travel around if it's contagious you got to check everything around you okay flat out it says you should get this done one time screening with follow-up tests based on discussion with your doctor of individual risk okay so this would be one time to see if you have it period yourself like if you're born with it but it doesn't matter unprotected sex you have it you have the you don't have it but if you have unprotected sex you you have the the reason right there to go and get checked because you have same-sex relationships with males and that is a way to transfer that very easily and other stds okay so another way to practice safe sex is condoms i said it again condoms get those condoms get as many as you can if you're allergic to latex there have they have non-latex um and they have lamb skin lamb skin is old school you do have anything you can use saran wrap if you don't have the money to get anything else and you just don't have it right there saran wrap bam still natural feeling all of that okay then you want to try monogamy monogamy is when you are just not having um when you're not having sex with everybody you're having sex with one person now in order to do monogamy you have to be having sex with one person and they have to be having sex with one person okay so i would still say even when you're in a relationship you just cannot trust sometimes your your other partner and they could be cheating so i would say still stay protected okay that's how we got all these babies out here and some of these girls be too young and they don't be ready and then the kids be gone into the system we don't want that you know because we know how the system is okay so anyways next the other way of practicing safe sex would be abstinence just don't do it 
accidents. Just don't do it. I said it. Gemini said it. Raider Lamb said it. Just don't do it. If you're not with somebody who you trust and you're not with somebody who you can guarantee in your heart and in your mind and your body and your soul that he's going to be he's going to be loyal to you, then just don't do it. If she's not going to be loyal to you, she a skank, then just don't do it. If there's any inkling inside of your body, and if there's any sign that you get, take it from your own self, your own gut. If you think somebody doing something, don't do it. Even when you don't think nobody doing nothing, don't trust them right away because that feeling can change real fast, okay? So be safe out there. Go get your screening. Go get your testing done. Get that blood drawn for them HIV testers. Get it done today, right now. Okay, so next on the list, we are going to be talking about hypertension. Okay, so that's basically a hypertension screening. Um, I think that has to do with like, uh, I don't know. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to come back to you guys with that later. But I did have it prepared, but I didn't have it prepared on this short notice. Okay, so hypertension test is a blood pressure measurement. So basically, you're getting your blood pressure drawn. Okay, you're getting your blood pressure uh, tested. Um, and for all women, regardless of age, okay, from every one to two years, every one to two years, you should get your blood pressure measurement, okay? So that may be hypertension. I'm not really sure what it is. Let's go see what hypertension is real quick. See, and I promise you, I'm going to be doing all these things over again. So you guys got to stick with me. You got to come back and check because I am going to be breaking down all of these these different ailments and what they are so just got to be patient with me okay because see i was right there on the page um and then it jumped on me <laughs> okay so a hyper Tension blood screening test okay so this is for ages adults ages 18 to 39 with normal blood pressure from 130 over 85 um who do not have other risk factors should be rescreened every three to five years so every three to five years you should be tested if you have a normal blood pressure okay if you're not at risk okay but it basically says over here that you should get this done for all women regardless every one two years okay the recommendation for rescreening with a properly measured office blood pressure in if Blood pressure is elevated, confirming the diagnosis of hypertension with me. Okay, so basically, hypertension is a high blood pressure, okay? <laughs> I should have known that. So, it's high blood pressure, and you should get tested every two years. So, us as women, because women be getting stressed out and upset, be getting menopause, all this other stuff, whatever. Hypertension blood pressure go get your blood pressure check make sure that you don't got high blood pressure i said i'm gonna break it down again later on 
in a little bit uh, more orderly fashion. Okay, so high blood pressure, we're going to say it again, blood pressure measurements, check and see, make sure if you got swelling, if you eat a lot of salt, whatever, high blood pressure can kill you to affect your heart. Um, for all women, regardless of age, all women, because you can get high blood pressure when you're young. Um, you want to get this testing every one to two years. Okay. And then with, um, you also, you know, they, like I said, they said three to five years, but you want to get this done for women every one to two years, men, maybe every three to five years, but women every one to two years. And Hey, there is nothing wrong with walking in the hospital. And I say this for all of this. All of these different ailments and even other ailments, there is nothing walking, well, wrong with walking into the hospital on an appointment day, even calling in or talking to your doctor or a nurse about what is going on with your body and if they can check and see if everything is all right. There's, and if anybody ever tells you there's something wrong with it, then you need to switch your doctor. Okay, so next is lung cancer screening. Lung cancer screening test, okay? This is a test um, with a low-dose CT lung screening, okay? That's what it is. It's a low-dose CT lung screening. You know what lung cancer is. You can get it from smoking. You can get it from not smoking. You can get it from secondhand smoke, most of all, okay? There are precautions to take when smoking. I will be talking about that, too, on another segment a little bit later. Um, for women between the ages of 74 who have smoked at least one pack a day for 30 years or more than two packs a day for 15 years okay so this applies if they have quit smoking less than 15 years ago so if you quit smoking less than 15 years ago you still need to get checked if you are a woman 55 and 74 who have smoked at least one pack a day for 30 years or more or two packs a day for 15 years you should get checked one time screening guess what i'm not going with that you need to get checked for lung cancer at least once a year or once every other year this is what i say because have you ever just lost someone i lost my mother to lung cancer okay i mean not lung cancer yes to lung cancer i'm so sorry i lost my stepfather from mouth throat lung cancer just body cancer but i lost my mother to lung cancer also and they just said it came out of nowhere so if they feel that you should get checked one time screening why didn't they find that with my mother is what i'm gonna say so i say you can go get checked every other year for lung cancer i don't care what they say tell them you smoke you feel that your your voice is raspy sometimes you gotta lie do a little white lie to do something you know something that's good that you need to do and if you got a white lie just for just for, i got a lot of phlegm it's raspy i don't feel right whatever you got to do to get them to do a lung test a lung cancer screening test often every other year you got to do that do what you got to do and yes i am telling you to tell a white lie yes i did okay Osteoporosis screening is next. DXA bone density testing. Bone density testing is, I'll tell you about it in a more detailed way later. It is to see if your bones are strong. Sometimes osteoporosis, it develops usually when you get older. 
um, and your bones become more brittle, okay? So that if you see older people and that's when they're harder to walk and harder to get around, their bones are starting to deteriorate a little bit, okay? There's milk, milk all through your life. Vitamin D, if you don't drink milk, if you're lactose. Okay, so osteoporosis screening. This is for women the age of 65 and over or starting at menopause if additional risk factors exist. So some people start menopause in their 30s or 40s. That's early. Yes, it is. But you still want to get this osteoporosis test because that menopause is telling you that you're getting up there and you know i might be going through menopause myself but so what it's still telling you that you might be getting up there so you need to check on more things with your body than normally you need to check on your bones so your hips won't be going out your knees won't be going out you won't be um developing carpal tundra and um neuropathy arthritis okay because this that will help you definitely osteoporosis you will start getting arthritis okay so this you want to get done a baseline testing okay which is the baseline the baseline testing is do you have are you going to get osteoporosis then you want to follow up interval based on test for test results so basically According to your test results, you want to keep following up with your doctor to make sure that you don't develop osteoporosis, okay? So, more info on that later. Next up, we got sexually transmitted diseases screening. Bam, bam, bam. I know y'all hear that. Same thing I said up here with HIV is practice, practice safe sex. That is one way to make sure that you don't catch none of these nasty little diseases out here like root get a routine chlamydia screening yes gonorrhea um trichomonas yeah you want to make sure you don't and hiv we're gonna say it again you don't want to contract any of these you don't want to get any of these so either keep your legs closed abstinence either stop cheating and stick with one person monogamy or either strap it up, wrap it up, okay? Condoms, play it safe, safe sex. It is not that important and it don't feel that good to be walking around with something that you can't get rid of. It don't feel that good. It's not that important. You don't get no gold out of there. Stop digging for the gold, you know, without something, you know what I'm saying, to put over it, you know, whatever I'm trying to say. Stop digging for the gold without something to hold all these little nasty germs that y'all be spreading around, okay? I don't care if you jump your butt in the shower. I don't care if you hover over a toilet seat. There's never no way to be too careful about these nasty little bacterias that be crawling around on people's bodies in different areas. Just imagine people go to the bathroom and some people just forget to wash their hands and they be spreading germs all over the place. Wash your hands. Wash your body. Wash your body before you enter it into another person's body. If you is gonna just not play it safe. If you think you can trust the person you with, still go wash that little twat. Still go wash that little cop. Make sure it's clean. You know? So flat out. Sexual transmitted disease screening. Routine chlamydia screening. Okay? You can also contract HPV from sexual sexual um sexual 
you know, when you come in con sexual contact, okay? Because it is, it's cancer, but it still is a STD, okay? And it's something that you, that's going to carry in mostly everybody's system because it's widespread. It is already widespread, okay? They were a little bit late telling us. But anyways, check yourself before you wreck yourself, Okay? You want to get this done annually, once a year. You want to go out there and get sexually transmitted disease testing, all sexually trans. Just be like, I want to get all the sex STD testing. That's what you go. When you go to the doctor, be like, I want all the STD testing. And then if you sexually trans, you know what I'm saying, if you're sexually active. But if you're not sexually active, I would still just randomly ask for them at least every other year, even if you're not doing something because you never know what you can come in contact with and how you can come in contact with it. Okay, don't believe everything they say. Sometimes they lose control of their own bacteria and own diseases out here. Okay, sometimes they can't be contained. So next we're coming up. What I just told you is the human papillomavirus. virus. It is also an STD. You want to get this done. You want to get the vaccination. Okay, it's cervical cancer. It is cancer in your area for the prevention of genital warts plus cervical and other HPV related cancers. It is a cancerous disease. It's a cancerous bacteria and it can cause genital warts, okay? That is one part of the cancer. You, who can get this done? You, These females get this done between the ages of 11 and 26. You young guys, men, you can also get that screening and you can get that vaccination at the age, at a very young age, okay? Um, I'm going to come back to, to you with more information on that, though. So, I told you we was getting to the nitty-gritty before when I said we was going to this women's health section. Resource corner. You get some real resources, real information, okay? Um, remember what I said, though. Go get it checked out yourself. Go check your sources. Go make sure, okay? So, this test, the HPV um, vaccine, you want to get one series of three shots. So one time in your life, you get a series of three different shots all at one time. And that should be good. Okay. So if you don't remember ever getting it, ask your doctor, make sure they give it to you before you turn 26. Okay. And if you're not old enough yet, make sure you tell your parents, Hey, I want to get this. You shouldn't even be listening to this right now. So if you is, Get up off of here and stop sneaking. Okay? So, anyways, parents, you want to make sure you protect your kids. Make sure they're safe out here. Okay? Um, the next one is influenza, which is a flu vaccine. The flu. Everybody knows about the flu. Your stomach starts to hurting. Your head hurting. You get a fever. You're all groggy. You know, sometimes be running, you just don't feel good. You feel sick, overheated, you just feel horrible. You be down for so many, it just seems like it's so long. Like, you can only be, like, down for the flu for, like, three days or something, and you'll feel like you have the flu for about a week. Okay, so you want to go get that vaccine. Me, I personally don't do flu shots. I believe something totally different. I don't want to get the vaccine for a flu because the vaccine has the flu bacteria and inside of it okay so i don't even want you to put it in my body if you're not getting the flu i recommend if you're not getting the flu don't do nothing to your body to change it because it's it's working at its best already right why break something if it's not if why fix something that's not broke okay so anyways about the 
influenza flu vaccine who wants to get this done all those six months and older so six months and older you want to because you get your first flu uh vaccine when you're six months so six months and older on a one-year basis every year you should get this done once a year particularly important for high-risk adults of the any age with diabetes and heart lung liver kidney or immune disease pregnant women and those in contact with high-risk patients who are care who care for infants less than six months old okay so like nurses in the nurses station at the hospital you want to get this done which is the flu vaccine people who have kidney or immune diseases autoimmune diseases that make their white blood cell very low that make their immune system very weak you want to get this done on a yearly basis which is the flu vaccine pregnant women and those in contact with high-risk patients who are caring for infants pregnant women you want to get the flu vaccine to protect protect you because your baby is sucking up some of those nutrients and and making you have a weak immune system at that moment because the baby is taken from you so you want to make sure you get the flu vaccine and then women who are around babies six months and older you don't want to be carrying around and walking around with possible flu um germs and then you taking care of infants okay so that's serious okay once a year next we got the pneumococcal vaccine which is pneumonia people have pneumonia where they're laying down in the bed coughing chest all messed up and they can the hospital stuck in a hospital and then people have pneumonia when they're just walking around walking pneumonia okay so this vaccine you want to get done to make sure that your chest and your respiratory is just fine throughout these winter months sometimes people get it in the warm months you do not want pneumonia it is a little bit more dangerous than the flu itself okay it's a worse flu okay so you want to get this all women ages 65 and older okay 65 and older but i say this is crazy a lot of women that i've seen that have been in their ages like 40s and 30s some some women's in their late 20s are getting walking pneumonia they're getting pneumonia okay so also you can catch pneumonia if there's anything else wrong with your body like sicknesses okay so like for smokers that's you're easier to get pneumonia um other high-risk adults of any age with diabetes women with diabetes under the age of 65 at all you still can get pneumonia okay people with cancer cancer one of the um signs of cancer is pneumonia that's one of the symptoms so if you get pneumonia on a regular basis you might want to ask your doctor to check and see if you have any cancerous cells in your body okay so heart lung or immune diseases autoimmune diseases heart diseases and lung diseases those type of people please get a pneumonia vaccine get it okay so if you're age is 65 and older you get one single vaccination okay only because you've already reached that age and you're over and you haven't had it since then so the chances of you having it are least um people who like i said for smokers and other high-risk adults of any age with diabetes cancer heart lung or autoimmune diseases any immune diseases the initial vaccination with a single revaccination five years later okay so when you first get your first pneumonia vaccine five years from that initial 
vaccination, you want to get a revaccination. Okay. Okay. So this is the word that's going to be hard to say, which is your tetanus shot, your diphtheria. Okay. So I'm going to say that and your tetanus shot. Okay. Pertussis vaccine. That's that coughing. Pertussis is like the whooping cough. I do believe, but don't take my word for it. I'll come back with facts later. Um, so anyways, the tetanus and all of those you want to get done for women ages 19 and older. And this is a one time in place of the diphtheria or the tetanus booster shot. The booster shot when you were a baby, okay? So that's the tetanus shot. They say you should get this one time, okay? But let me tell you, the tetanus shot, I know that you should get if you ever scratch yourself, hurt yourself with a nail, something rusty, something that's filled with bacteria and it's so deep that it could get into your system, into your bloodstream, okay? So that would be like a rusty nail, something, any rusty razor. It can get into your your, um, bloodstream. You want a tetanus shot, okay? I'll come back and tell you with the diphtheria and the pertussis vaccine is later, okay? So... This also right here says that the tetanus vaccine and the diphtheria, okay, look, I can't say that, for women up to the age of 65, so up to the age of 65, before and up to the age of 65, every 10 years, okay, every 10 years. So that means for women that are all the way up to 65, Younger and all the way up to 65 can get it every 10 years. General, that is the, 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 the diphtheria. Okay, look, I should have messed it up again. Um, the, the, the theory, you know what I'm trying to say. D-I-P-H-T-E, I mean, T-H-E-R-I-A. D-I-P-H-T-H-E-R-I-A. Okay, I'm gonna come back with the right word later. Later, hopefully. See, I told you I would mess up, though. But this is real life. Um, tetanus vaccine. You want to get this for for women up to the age of 65 every 10 years. And for women 65 or over one single vaccination. You don't need no more after 65. The Varsilla Zoster is the next one vaccine. Okay, that's the next one. Varsilla Zoster vaccine. That is shingles, Okay. And like I said, more info later on about shingles for women ages 50 and older shingles. Okay. Now, if you look up shingles and you hear these symptoms and you think it's possible, I would still just say, hey, doc, I think that I want to be checked for shingles. If my insurance will allow me to do so, let me be checked for shingles. Um, Just ask. I'm sure they won't have a problem with doing so. Um, if they do, then request it from another doctor, okay? But it says right here that for shingles, you want to get tested every... Um, you want to get ch- tested for the women 50 and older, one single vaccination, no revaccination required. So once you get a singles vaccination, that's it. You're protected. The other vaccinations that you may need throughout time, if you haven't got it, ask your doctor about it, what's in your records, is the hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Hepatitis A and B test, okay? They're separate. Hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Get that test done. And the meningococcal. Okay, I usually could say that, but meningitis, okay? 
So I'll tell you what meningitis is later, but you want to get tested for that also, okay? You can just randomly ask your doctor for these tests. But these other ones kind of give you an idea of what tests women as women we should get done. It also helps a few men, but this is the way for a healthy lifestyle for females if you worry about these basic things. Now, if anything else comes up and that's, that I haven't listed on this list, then you can you can go and check out your own health online and say, well, look, I wonder if I'm having an issue with this. Don't never let them tell you that Google will steer you wrong. Google gives you information. You have to steer which direction you're going. So if you steer yourself into a crazy area in Google, then that's, that's, it might be wrong. But if you know what you're doing and you read and you pay attention to what you're reading and you compare different sites and different reviews and different medical um, websites, then you can find the answer and you could know to yourself like, well, I think that I need to get this checked out. I think I need, I might be at risk. I think you know your own health factors better than the doctor does. The doctor asks you questions and you answer them. So how about asking your own self these questions and answering them for yourself? And you can figure out what's wrong with you. They have medical dictionaries. They have dictionaries. Come on now, people. We got to do better with ourselves. And as black people, we need to do way better with ourselves because what are we fighting for? What are any of us fighting for? We're fighting for the right to freedom to kill ourselves? No, we're fighting for the right to freedom to live and be happy and healthy. The keyword healthy okay so this information i got from of course i gotta put some on here this is representing cleveland clinic i got it on here from cleveland clinic um so what you want to do is you can call cleveland clinic for any of these questions if you want to ask some questions nurse on call you want to call 216-444-3 Okay, that number again is for Cleveland Clinic Center for consumer health information. Okay, this is if you just want to ask about health information, you can just call your doctor or whatever, anywhere, any hospital, university, metro, Huron. I mean, oops, Huron is closed. <laughs> Y'all Clevelanders know what joke that was. But um, anyway, 444 3771 or you can visit clevelandclinic.org slash health again that website is clevelandclinic.org slash health and this is the things that they can help with for national guidelines for additional national guidelines you want to visit www.nhlbi.nih.com gov slash guidelines or you can also visit www.ahrq.gov slash clinic slash uspstfix.htm and this is you can also add these different Educations and counseling, you can ask about it from your doctor. You can get these done, things done at the clinic. You can inquire at the clinic and then you can um, get information about smoking cessation. Okay, so I might have said that wrong, but smoking cessation. 
um, alcohol and drug abuse prevention. These are resources they have available. Seatbelt safety, safe sex. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I need to say it again. Anyway, safe sex practices, preconception counseling. Now, this is preconception before conceiving, contraception counseling, which is how to prevent getting pregnant, nutrition and exercise. I'm sure I don't have to tell you what that is. Firearm safety, if you women are out here strapped up trying to keep it safe. Um, domestic violence screening, if you women are dealing with an unsafe situation at home or work or on the street in school and somebody's hurting you emotionally, physically, mentally, any of that physically, come on, domestic violence screening, okay? Um, also, for women entering and during and after menopause, osteoporosis prevention, okay? How to prevent from getting weak bones, osteoporosis. So they have um, a prevention and these are different education and counselings you can go to. Um, check your coverage, okay? Some tests and vaccinations may be covered by Medicare or by your health insurance. They might not be, okay? So you want to check your health insurance and you want to call that number, 216-444-3771 to see if your health insurance matches Cleveland Clinic. But once again, you can also get these other screenings and tests done at your local clinics and hospitals. Some small clinics will send you to a larger facility because they may not have the equipment or be adapted to take in um, a, 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 a patient that needs certain particular type of testing. So you might have to get it done somewhere else. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed that women's resource section on women's health okay now i do want to take the time to tell you real quick about the different cleveland clinic women's health locations okay so if you want to make an appointment today you call 216-444-CARE okay that's 2273 i think that it's similar to the other number, but it's not the other number. So 216-444-CARE-2273. That's CARE-2273 to make an appointment for the Clement, I mean, the Cleveland Clinic Women's Health Locations. All right. So the location is, you have a few of them, and I'm going to run down a list of what, what locations Cleveland Clinic Women Health operates out of, okay? So, we're going to go for main campus. Everyone knows that's on Euclid um, in Cleveland. So, Cleveland Clinic Main Campus, Internal Medicine, OBGYN, and Women's Health Center for Specialized Women's Health. Center for Specialized Women's Health, okay? That's that main campus. Then we have Cleveland Clinic Family Health Centers that are located at Avon Point, Avon Lake, Beachwood, Broadview Heights, Brunswick, Chagrin Falls, Elyria, Independence, Lakewood, Lorraine, Medina Medical Office Building, Richard E. Jacobs Health Center in Avon, Solon, the Stephanie Tubbs Jones Health Center, that's in East Cleveland, East Cleveland, 
Strongsville, Twinsburg, Willoughby Hills, and Wooster. So these are the Cleveland Clinic Family Health Centers all around Ohio, okay? Now we're going to go with the Cleveland Clinic Community Hospitals, which would be Community Hospitals, Fairview Hospital, Hillcrest Hospital, and Medina Hospital. Next, I'm going to tell you the additional family medicine locations, additional family medicine locations that are connected with Cleveland Clinic. Brook Park, Cleveland, Garfield Heights, Independence, Lakewood, Madison is coming soon, not ready yet, but coming soon, Rocky River, Valley City, and then these are additional internal medicine locations where you can just go to be seen about internal, med internal medicine, which is your primary care physician. Cleveland Heights, Garfield Heights, Mayfield Heights, Mentor is coming soon. It's not here yet, but it's coming. North Olmstead, Warrensville Heights, and Westlake. Okay? So... Those are the additional internal medicine locations, the family medicine locations, the family health centers, the community hospitals, and the main campus. Remember, main campus is everything. Call main campus 444, which is 216, okay? 216 is the area code, 444-2200, and you can ask any question that you need to ask, they are very helpful. And you can also simply just go, here's the simple version, clevelandclinic.org, okay? You can check out all this information at clevelandclinic.org. They also have my chart where you can keep up with your records, your appointments, your rescheduling appointments, canceling appointments. You can keep up with your test results and everything, okay? So, like I said, rooting for Cleveland Clinic. I'll be back rooting for the women to go get their health checked. If you heard anything interesting, please feel free. Check the bio, the number, and the emails in there. Contact me. I will respond. Just give me a little bit of time. Um, also, I will be coming back later on with some more information on some of these particular ailments in screening tests and what they are and the more nitty-gritty details of it, okay? So, hope you guys enjoyed. I'll be back. All right, you guys, what's up? It's Gemini, and I'm back with Resource Corner, the women's health segment. I have another section of it. Now, remember, I said there are three categories, which is screening and testing. That's one category. Who and what type of people should get this testing? That's the second category. How often, which is the frequency, people should get these testings. That's the third category. Next up on the list is we are talking about dun, 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 right, HIV testing. Okay, so this is H HIV screening. 
and it says that all women ages 13 to 64 should get offered this test they should be offered this test when they go into the hospital um men too okay remember i said this this is for men too but this is just specifically designed for women mostly things for women but this is for men too so all women ages 13 and 64 should be offered the test and i believe that men of the same age or maybe younger for birth should be offered the test right Mm -hmm. however that goes i'm sorry if it's offensive to anybody um the frequency of this test that that gets done which is the hiv screening test is one-time screening with follow-up tests based on discussion with your doctor of individual risk individual risk means the things that you're doing in your own life and the risks that you take in your own life that may cause you to be exposed to the virus. Okay, so other than that, with other than one time basic screening for yourself, if you carry it, you don't, you don't, you know. But if you take risks in your life and take certain chances, you, you still should get tested. Okay, so I'm sitting here with, of course, my co-host, Seraphim, and I want Seraphim to basically discuss the details of HIV. HIV, like what is it? What is the, the test, then the screening that you get done? So um, can you please tell me, Seraphim, what is HIV and what is the test that gets done? Screening and diagnosis for HIV in general, testing for the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, is a two-step process that involves a screening test and follow-up tests. How the test is performed HIV testing can be done by drawing blood from a vein A fingerprint blood sample and oral fluid swab A urine sample screening tests. These are tests that check if you've been infected with HIV. The most common tests are described below. An antibody test, also called immunoassay checks for antibodies to the HIV virus. Your healthcare provider may order the test for you to have done at a lab, or you may have it done at a testing center or use a home kit. These tests can detect antibodies starting a few weeks after you're infected with the virus. Antibody tests can be done using blood. This test is done by drawing blood from a vein or by a finger prick. A blood test is the most accurate because blood has a higher level of antibodies than other body fluids. Oral fluid. This test checks for antibodies in the cells of the mouth. It is done by swabbing the gums and inside cheeks. This test is less accurate than the blood test. Urine, this test checks for antibodies in the urine. This test is also less accurate than the blood test. An antigen test checks your blood for an HIV antigen, called page 24. When you're first infected with HIV, and before your body has a chance to make antibodies to the virus, your blood has a high level of page 24. The page 24 antigen test is accurate 11 days to one month after getting infected. This test is usually not used by itself to screen for HIV infection. An antibody antigen blood test checks for levels of both HIV antibodies and the page 24 antigen. This test can detect the virus as early as three weeks after getting infected. Follow-up tests. A follow-up test is also called a confirmatory test. It is usually done when the screening test is positive. Several kinds of tests may be used too. Detect the virus itself detect antibodies more accurately than screening tests tell the difference between the two types of virus, HIV-1 and HIV-2. 
Okay, thank you, Seraphim. So, those were the details about HIV screening. So, this is a test that you should definitely get done, especially if you are sexually active, if you are making mistakes and you don't have protection, if you're just being careless, carefree, okay? Um, there are three ways that they could do this test, which is the blood. One is an oral fluid swabbing, and the other one is urine. So, I would just ask for all of them. That's what I would do, you know, especially if you're, you know, you're out there having sex. But the whole idea is this, what this conversation is, please have safe sex. Practice safe sex. Practice with condoms. Practice with monogamy, which means not have, I mean, not having sex outside of a relationship with just one person. And practice abstinence, which means just don't have sex at all. Like, I was talking to someone not too long ago and i thought it was a good idea if they just brought chastity belts back so that the only person that you're having sex with is the one who has the key to your chastity belt and that is how it should go right so that was it for the hiv screening now you guys i want to talk about hypertension screening okay <coughs> excuse me real life hypertension screening so i'm gonna go ahead and let seraphim tell you a little bit about hypertension screening first of all this is for this is like a blood pressure measurement that's that's what you get a blood pressure measurement and this is for all women regardless of age, okay? So when you go into the hospital, they should test you for your blood pressure every one, two years, okay? So, but I think it's just a normal, you know, they're, they test you with your blood pressure anyways, anytime you go into a visit. But a blood pressure measurement, they say at least every one, two years, okay? So Seraphim, can you tell us more about a hypertension screening? Hey, Seraphim, come on, girl. Adults aged 18 to 39 years with normal blood pressure, 130-85 mmHg who do not have other risk factors should be rescreened every three to five years. The USPSTF recommends rescreening with properly measured office blood pressure and, if blood pressure is elevated, confirming the diagnosis of hypertension with ABPM. Okay, so basically what... Seraphim just said, and I'm going to say exactly what she said, is adults ages 18 to 39 years with normal blood pressure, 130 over 85, who do not have risk factors should be rescreened every three to five years. Who do not have risk factors should be screened every three to five years. The USPT, okay, we're not going to say that. Some they they recommend the USPSTF recommends rescreening with properly measured office blood pressure and if blood pressure is elevated confirmation the diagnosis of hypertension with ABPM. So that basically means you know they get they test you for blood pressure every three to five years but in all reality i get tested for my blood pressure every time i go in 
every time I go in, I get tested for my blood pressure, and it's always normal. So I don't even have, like, a high-risk factor for them to keep screening it, but they keep screening my blood pressure. And I don't think that you guys want, um, like, hypertension, hypertension blood pressure, you know. I don't think that's something that that you would want. This hypertension is abnormally high blood pressure, a state of psychological stress. So it's basically telling you that you are easily stressed out, like, and a psychological stress. And then you would, whoo, I'm telling you, a lot of people out here you would think would have high blood pressure. That's what it basically is, high blood pressure. But they don't, you know. So... I know that I don't have high blood pressure, but I go into some real crazy mental states, though. So I just want to tell y'all, go get checked every, at least every one to two years. I mean, yeah, one to two years. It says three to five, but I say go ahead, get tested every one to two years for hypertension now you guys I want to talk about lung cancer screening okay first I want to just discuss lung cancer in general because that is something a, a lot of people end up having my mother also had lung cancer so you know this is this is my blog I do get personal so I hope that's not a problem but I am, um, I, I'm not fond of it, of course. Oh, see, I told you, real life, real life, yes. Okay, yeah, I hope so, everybody's okay. So, um, it says, basically, it's a cancer, lung cancer is a cancer that begins in the lungs and most often occurs in people who smoke, Two major types of lung cancers are non-small cell lung cancers and small cell lung cancers. Causes of lung cancer include smoking, secondhand smoke exposure to certain toxins, and family history. So, bam, that's that right there. And that was pretty simple to say. Now, lung cancer is common more than two hundred thousand u.s cases per year that is a lot per year it's treatable by a medical professional requires a medical diagnosis lab test or an imaging often required okay so that is lung cancer it's in your lungs it's a cancerous tumor and it affects uh affects the lymph, the lymph node in, in, in your lungs. There's a lymph, lymph node in there. I just found that out. Okay, so this is for women between the ages of 55 and 74 who, who have smoked at least one pack a day for 30 years or more or two packs a day for 15 years. This applies if they have quit smoking less than 15 years ago so if you quit smoking less than 15 years ago but you've been smoking your whole life basically two packs a day for 
15 years or or one pack a day for 30 then you should still you should get that testing done so i say you should get it done whenever you go to the hospital because you never know when it can come out of any nowhere i my mother just came out of nowhere even though she smoked for about 30 years but and maybe more packs than like more more packs i don't know i can't i was, can't remember i was so little but maybe le- less than that but she still developed lung cancer out of nowhere and she only has six months to a year see how personal that gets six months to a year okay so i think that you should get tested way sooner than what they're telling you because i think that we are more at risk you know so seraphim can you tell us about the treatment please or is there treatment what kind of treatment is there treatment treatment depends on stage treatments vary but may include surgery chemotherapy radiation therapy targeted drug therapy and immunotherapy okay so she said treatment depends on the stage treatment varies but may include surgery chemotherapy radiation targeted drug therapy and immunotherapy okay so, um, Seraphim, can you please explain to me what are the first main signs of lung cancer? Or can you just maybe give me as many possible causes of lung cancer that you can pos- that you can come up with? Seraphim, see Seraphim. She be going off in dazes sometimes, so you got to excuse, okay? What do you say, babe? The early symptoms of lung cancer may be a slight cough or shortness of breath, depending on which part of the lung is affected. As the cancer develops, these symptoms may become more severe or intense. Like many other types of cancer, lung cancer may also cause systemic symptoms, like loss of appetite or general fatigue. Early warning signs of lung cancer... Most lung cancers don't cause symptoms until the disease has advanced, in part because the lungs have few nerve endings. When lung cancer does cause signs in its early stages, they may vary from person to person but commonly include a new cough that is persistent or worsens, or a change in an existing chronic cough cough that produces blood pain in the chest, back or shoulders that worsens during coughing, laughing or deep breathing shortness of breath that comes on suddenly and occurs during everyday activities unexplained weight loss feeling that you are tired or weak loss of appetite lung infections such as bronchitis or pneumonia that won't go away hoarseness or wheezing less common symptoms of lung cancer may include swelling in the face or neck difficulty swallowing or pain while swallowing changes in the appearance of fingers called finger clubbing although most of these symptoms are more likely to be caused by something other than lung cancer it's important to see a doctor Discovering lung cancer early may mean more treatment options are available. Okay. Thank you, Seraphim. So those are more details about lung cancer. So if you would like any other information about lung cancer, please call the 24-7 hotline. Um, a line about, uh, you know, where you can just ask questions about it. It's 866-229-7527. That number, again, for information about cancer, lung cancer, is 
229-7527. Told you I'm not perfect. I'm always going to have a little mess up. Okay, so let's talk about right now, um, we want to talk about this advanced lung cancer and the symptoms of advanced lung cancer because I don't really know what advanced lung cancer is, okay? So I'm just going to inquire with Seraphim. Seraphim, what is advanced lung cancer? Uh, Seraphim, come on, baby, today. What is advanced lung cancer? Advanced lung cancer symptoms. Advanced stages of lung cancer are often characterized by the spread of the cancer to distant sites in the body. This may affect the bones, liver, or brain. As other parts of the body are affected, new lung cancer symptoms may develop, including bone pain swelling of the face, arms or neck headaches, dizziness or limbs that become weak or numb jaundice lumps in the neck or collarbone region, non-small cell lung cancer symptoms. Non-small cell lung cancers, NSCLC, may grow slowly over a period of time before symptoms develop. Common NSCLC symptoms include persistent coughing, particularly without any known cause, a cough that produces blood or red-colored phlegm, hemoptysis, chest pain or painful breathing, difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, fatigue or feeling unusually weak or tired, hoarseness or wheezing, frequent upper respiratory infections, like bronchitis or pneumonia, bone pain, other areas of the body may be affected by either the spread or development of NSCLC tumors. Neurological changes, lung cancer may spread, metastasize, to the brain. This may cause headaches or even seizures. Numbness or weakness in the arms and legs may occur if a large tumor begins to press against a nerve. Lumps, in advanced stages, the cancer may spread throughout the lymph nodes. Sometimes, tumors near the skin surface may appear as lumps. Horner syndrome, tumors may possibly cause nerve damage. Horner syndrome is a particular set of symptoms associated with nerve damage. The symptoms often affect one side of the face, causing a droopy eyelid and a reduction in the size of the pupil, the dark center of the eye. Paraneoplastic syndromes, cancer cells may make chemicals that trigger other reactions, which are collectively referred to as paraneoplastic syndromes. Symptoms may include high blood calcium levels, hypercalcemia, excess bone growth or blood clots. Call us 24 7866 229-7527. Okay, so what she said is call 24-7 hotline 1-866-229-7527. So that was a small, um, you know, it, it wasn't even really that small. I say small because Seraphim talks so fast. But that was a description of what lung cancer is. That is a description of the treatments, causes of lung cancer, and the types of lung cancer. So, can you tell me about small cell lung cancer symptoms, please, Seraphim? Small cell lung cancer symptoms. Most of the signs associated with small cell lung cancer, SCLC, are not present until the cancer has progressed. Typically, symptoms of SCLC continue to evolve and worsen as the disease spreads to distant organs. Early symptoms of SCLC, persistent cough chest pain that gets worse with deep breathing, 
laughing or coughing, hoarseness, unexplained loss of appetite, unweight, coughing up blood or rust, colored phlegm, shortness of breath, feeling weak, and or tired bronchitis. Pneumonia or other infections that keep recurring wheezing symptoms of advanced stage SCLC. Bone pain, headaches, dizziness or limbs that become weak or numb, jaundice, lumps in the neck or collarbone region, paraneoplastic syndromes, and lung cancer. Sometimes, SCLC can cause paraneoplastic syndromes. While not always the case, these syndromes are often early signs of SCLC. SCLC may cause one of these three paraneoplastic syndromes, syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone, SIADH, Cushing syndrome or Lambert-Eaton syndrome. Symptoms of paraneoplastic syndromes include muscle cramps, muscle weakness, elevation of calcium in the blood and clubbing, which refers to a change in the shape of the fingertips. Okay, thank you, Seraphim. So that was small cell lung cancer screening. Um, now can you tell me possibly about metastatic? I make sure, I want to make sure I pronounce that right because people might go look for it. Um, can you tell me about metastatic lung cancer and... Um, if you were to get like an expert advice. Metastatic lung cancer symptoms. Metastatic lung cancer symptoms depend on the part of the body to which the cancer has spread, as well as the size and location. Sometimes, metastatic disease may not cause any symptoms, though about 30% to 40% of people with lung cancer will have symptoms of metastasis. If the cancer has spread to the bones, it may cause bone pain, often in the vertebrae or ribs. Other symptoms include fractures, constipation or decreased alertness due to high calcium levels. If the liver is affected, symptoms may include nausea, extreme fatigue, increased abdominal girth, swelling of the feet and hands due to fluid collection, and yellowing or itchy skin. If either the brain or spinal cord is affected, symptoms may include headache, blurred or double vision, difficulty with speech or seizures. Get expert advice and care. Understanding when symptoms are a sign of something serious and either diagnosing the disease or confirming a previous diagnosis require expertise from specialists trained and experienced in treating lung cancer. At Cancer Treatment Centers of America Registered Sign, CTCA, our lung cancer experts treat all stages of the disease. Okay, thank you, Seraphim. Now you guys just heard it. She said, go to, well, she didn't say go to, I'm telling you to go to to Cancer Centers of America. Cancer Centers of America. Okay, so next up, I want to talk about osteoporosis, in which this test is, is a DXA bone density testing. Okay, bone density testing. This is for women the ages I'm so sorry 65 and over you know because when when us women get older we start to get very fragile you know and our bones are the part of us that starts to get fragile first so seraphim can you tell me what osteoporosis is and how common it is is there any treatments? Um, give me a little bit of information. Not too much, just a little bit. A condition in which bones become weak and brittle. The body constantly absorbs and replaces bone tissue. With osteoporosis, new bone creation doesn't keep up with old bone removal. 
Very common more than 3 million U.S. cases per year treatment can help, but this condition can't be cured requires a medical diagnosis lab tests or imaging always required chronic, can last for years or be lifelong. Okay, thank you. So, can you possibly tell me what is the first sign of osteoporosis please seraphim there typically are no symptoms in the early stages of bone loss but once your bones have been weakened by osteoporosis you might have signs and symptoms that include back pain caused by a fractured or collapsed vertebra loss of height over time june 19th 2019 okay thank you again love saying thank you can you also tell me low no, well, I'm so sorry. I almost like just said the wrong thing. I honestly did. Can you please tell me, Seraphim, what DXA bone density testing is? Might have to give her a second. According to radiologyinfo.org, Bone density scanning, also called dual-energy X-ray absorptiometry or bone densitometry, is an enhanced form of X-ray technology that is used to measure bone loss. DXA is today's established standard for measuring bone mineral density. Okay, thank you, Seraphim. Now, she said, bone density scanning, also called dual-energy X-ray absorptiometry, I could get that out. DXA or bone density densitometry is an enhanced form of X-ray technology that is used to measure bone loss. DXA is today's established standard for measuring bone mineral density (BMD) in children and some adults. The whole body is sometimes scanned. Okay, so that is the test that you females should get. For osteoporosis, it's osteoporosis screening. I'm so sorry, you guys, because I am reading. I told you it's real life at the same time. Um, osteoporosis screening for women ages 65 and over or starting at menopause if additional risk factors exist and remember you guys risk factors are what risk factors are anything that puts you at risk for having that condition okay so next up oh wait a minute and you should get this annually which means once a year once a year you should get osteoporosis screening now, next I want to talk about sexually transmitted diseases, okay? So, a few transmitted diseases are chlamydia, um, trichomonas, uh, gonorrhea, things of that sort. There are a bunch of them, though, and they're just enough to scare the crap out of me, and they should scare the crap out of you. So... Seraphim, can you tell us some of the sexually transmitted diseases that we have out here? And let me say before, I'm sorry, you get to talking. Let me say, guys, that this is a very, very sensitive issue because this is a problem that we have amongst our youngins out here and our middle, middle, you know, our, our 
late 20s or teenagers or the, the late 20s. This is a problem that seems to go on through our communities like it's not a problem at all until the problem happens and you can't get rid of it. So I say, please be careful out here. Use protection, practice abstinence, or just use monogamy, okay? So Seraphim, can you please tell us what are a few sexually transmitted diseases out here? Sexually transmitted disease, also called STD and infection transmitted through sexual contact caused by bacteria, viruses, or parasites. Most common types human papillomavirus infection and infection that causes warts in various parts of the body, depending on the strain. Genital herpes, a common sexually transmitted infection marked by genital pain and sores. Chlamydia. A common sexually transmitted Chlamydia. infection that may not cause symptoms. Gonorrhea, a sexually transmitted bacterial infection Chlamydia. that, if untreated, may cause infertility. HIV-AIDS HIV causes AIDS and interferes with the body's ability to fight infections. Syphilis A bacterial infection usually spread by sexual contact that starts as a painless sore. So those are a few sexually transmitted diseases and those don't sound good. That's what I meant about, I don't even go there and talk about because it, it sounds so ooh, gruesome, but still it, it's the truth. It's what's happening out here is that some people uh, just especially our little men out here they just not getting tested enough and they just not being too too careful they not being careful enough for us and us as females we should respect our bodies a lot more than to just let a man do his thing and then you don't know what the situation is after that you know so next i want to ask you seraphim what is routine chlamydia testing? What is routine chlamydia testing? Seraphim. Oh, I said it wrong. What is routine chlamydia screening, not testing? What is routine chlamydia screening seraphim because that is like something that you want to get on a regular basis all of these you got to get annually and after you put yourself at risk remember um i want to say this before seraphim gets started that this is for women through the ages of 25 who are sexually active and women over 25 who are increased who are at increased risk they say that age because they say they i i, I believe they say that age because that's when women are more free loose and um, kind of being careless, but you should get this testing in your teenage years. You should get this testing um, if you're being sexually active at all. I don't care if you're being sexually active with a condom or not. You should still get this testing done, okay? So, Seraphim, could you please tell me exactly what a routine chlamydia, chlamydia screening is, please? The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends routine annual screening for chlamydia and gonorrhea in all sexually active females aged 25 years or younger. It also recommends screening adolescents and young adults who have been exposed to chlamydia or gonorrhea in the past 60 days from an infected partner. Okay, thank you, Seraphim. Now, can you please tell me, please tell me, how can you prevent yourself from getting an STD? Here is information from WebMD. 
Really? So this is where I'm getting my information right now from WebMD. And I'm going to go look into a little bit deeper of it. And then I'm going to let Seraphim go ahead and read it out. You know how these ads are. Finally found out what I was doing. <laughs> okay, so tell me about STDs real quick again, Seraphim. Understanding sexually transmitted disease prevention. To prevent getting a sexually transmitted disease, or STD, Prevention. always avoid sex with anyone who has genital sores, a rash, discharge, or other symptoms. The only time unprotected sex is safe is if you and your partner have sex only with each other, and if it's been at least six months since you each tested negative for STDs. Otherwise, you should. Okay, thank you, Seraphim. So, you hear what she said. You should listen to what she's saying because Seraphim is not going to lie. I might accidentally lie, but I'm not lying. And Seraphim is definitely not going to lie. She is a quoter of different things on the internet. Okay. And she's saying exactly how they're saying it. So there's no mistake. Okay. So Seraphim, could you tell me more about this? Um, STD testing and the symptoms or the preventions rather that's what we want to talk about the preventions because we heard the symptoms already we want to talk about preventing it right guys preventing Seraphim use latex condoms every time you have sex latex. if you use a lubricant make sure it's water based use condoms for the entire sex act Condoms are not 100% effective at preventing disease or pregnancy. However, they are extremely effective if used properly. Learn how to use condoms correctly. Avoid sharing towels or underclothing. Wash before and after intercourse. Get a vaccination for hepatitis B. This is a series of three shots. Get tested for HIV. If you have a problem with drug or alcohol abuse, get help. People who are drunk or on drugs often fail to have safe sex. Consider that not having sex is the only sure way to prevent STDs. It was once thought that using condoms with non-oxynal 9 helped to prevent STDs by killing the organisms that can cause disease. New research shows that doing so also irritates a woman's vagina and cervix and may increase the risk of an STD infection. Current recommendations are to avoid using condoms with non-oxynal 9. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Seraphim. Now, I think that was... Uh a detailed version of um, these STDs, what it is, and about the symptoms and about prevention. I think that was information that a lot of females out here need. Remember, stay out here safe, play it safe, cap that hat, and um, either use monogamy or abstinence or stay protected if you're gonna do it anyways be protected next up i want to talk about the human papillonia virus vaccine for prevention of genital warts plus cervical and other hpv related cancers here's a summary from cdc Two HPV vaccines can prevent diseases and cancers caused by HPV. The Cervix and Gardasil vaccines protect against most cases of cervical cancer. Gardasil also protects against most genital warts. These vaccines are safe and effective. 
Now, I'm sorry, y'all. I meant to say this, but this is not screening and testing. This is vaccinations that you should get. So I'm, I'm sure you caught on to that right now. This is a vaccination. These are all the rest vaccinations on what you should get. You should get a human papillomavirus vaccination. You should get this for all females between ages of 11 and 26. 11 and 26. I think that those are good ages. Um, this is one series of three shots you get, okay? So, one series of three shots that you get. This is a new shot, the vaccine that they got out of here. Out here. That's why a lot of people are like, well, what is this? I never got this vaccine when I was growing up, but you never got it when you was growing up because they didn't have it when we were growing up. This is new. Okay, new, new. So, you definitely want to go to your doctor and you want to ask for the human papillonia virus hpv vaccine okay and um ask for the prevention of genital warts plus cervical and other hpv related cancers okay next up we got influenza okay so it's the flu you guys you know about the flu what is the flu this is what i want to ask this is what I want to ask um, ask Seraphim. What is the flu? Because a lot of people get the flu. People be like, well, I don't be getting sick and I don't get the flu. Well, a lot of people do get the flu. So, Seraphim, what is the flu? According to Mayo Clinic, a common viral infection that can be deadly, especially in high-risk groups. Okay, so... That is what the flu is, and it can be deadly, okay? So, is there anything else that you can tell me about the flu, Seraphim? Any good information? Like, tell me some of, like, how, how, how do you get the flu, first of all? The flu attacks the lungs, nose, and throat. Young children, older adults, pregnant women, and people with chronic disease or weak immune systems are at high risk. Very common, more than 3 million U.S. cases per year spreads easily, partly preventable by vaccine, usually self-treatable, usually self-diagnosable lab tests or imaging rarely required short-term. Resolves within days to weeks, HOVIT spreads by airborne respiratory droplets, coughs or sneezes, by touching a contaminated surface, blanket or doorknob, by saliva, kissing or shared drinks, by skin-to-skin -skin contact, handshakes or hugs. Okay, thank you. So, you want to be extra careful out here when you are shaking people's hands. You want to be extra careful out here while you are giving people's hugs. You want to cover your mouth when you cough. All the good stuff. You want to take precautions because it's easily spreadable. And I, I believe that people really are not, we just can't be careful enough, okay? People, we cannot be careful enough. So, tell me some more about this flu and then i want to discuss the vaccine which is the influenza vaccine usually self-diagnosable symptoms include fever chills muscle aches cough congestion runny nose headaches and fatigue people may experience pain areas in the muscles cough can be dry or with phlegm whole body chills dehydration fatigue mm. fever flushing loss of appetite body ache or sweating nasal Congestion, runny nose, or sneezing also common. Chest pressure, head congestion, headache, nausea, shortness of breath, sore throat, 
or swollen lymph nodes. Okay, y'all. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I know that I didn't have the flu at one time or another, you know. Um, and the flu is one of the worst feelings, I should say. Um, I've had the flu where I felt like I was dying and I had the flu like I'm like I just was sick to the stomach and had headaches and couldn't eat couldn't hold water down I know y'all know what that's like having uh the garbage can sitting right next to you and things like that so uh next up I want to discuss oh wait a minute I'm sorry um the influenza vaccine please go get it is for all those six months and older six months that's babies and older annually once a year you got to get that once a year i'm due for mine particularly important for high-risk adults of any age with diabetes or heart lung liver kidney or immune diseases pregnant women and those in contact with high-risk patients or who care for infants less than six months old i remember discussing that with y'all before annually get this once get this once um once a year now we want to move on and start discussing the pneumococcal vaccine um and that is pneumonia for people who do not know what pneumococcal is i might still be saying it wrong who cares because i got seraphim to help me out the pneumococcal um vaccine and there's also going to be a discussion of not a discussion but a mentioning of meningitis meningitis so that's something also you want to get tested for along when you get tested for um pneumonia so the pneumococcal vaccine is for all women ages 65 and over um it's one single vaccine only okay it's a pneumonia vaccine for smokers and other high-risk adults of any age with diabetes cancer or heart lung or immune disease that is is this test is for them too because they are at risk those are the risk factors the initial vaccination is what you want to get first and with single revaccination five years later okay with a single revaccination five years later so siri i mean oh look i'm calling seraphim siri because there's something to like but no anyway seraphim could you please tell me about the pneumococcal vaccine please the pneumococcal conjugate vaccine pcv13 and the pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine ppsv23 protect against pneumococcal infections, which are caused by bacteria. The bacteria spread through person-to-person contact and can cause such serious infections as pneumonia, blood infections, and bacterial meningitis. Bacterial meningitis. I told you there would be a mentioning of meningitis. This is what it could cause is meningitis. But um, pneumonia it is contagious. I... um. It, you got to be careful. Close your mouth. Stay away. It's like one of those things you want to say, quarantine, quarantine. I don't care who's offended. Quarantine. Because that is something that could kill. So you want to be careful. 
and keep that from yourself and keep that away from other people. So can you tell me a little bit more about like side effects of the pneumococcal virus, please? Pneumococcal vaccine uncommonly causes side effects. Reported side effects include soreness and or redness at the site of the injection, fever, rash, and allergic reactions. The vaccine. I'm sorry. The 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 say that again for me for me, um, Seraphim. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, say what is that again because I messed you up. What is the side effects of the vaccine? Pneumococcal vaccine uncommonly causes side effects. Reported side effects include soreness and or redness at the site of the injection, fever, rash, and allergic reactions. Thank you, Seraphim. So you heard her that it's basically the same as like when you get a tetanus shot is that it can make your arm sore and it could make it itch. It could, you know... It could bother you a little bit for a day or two, and then it'll go away. So can you tell me what dip the next, because this is what's coming up next right now. It's, um, can you tell me what the diphtheria, diphtheria vaccine is? Because I really don't even know what that is. First of all, yeah, tell me what diphtheria, because you, can y'all guys hear me saying this? Um, and I sound horrible trying to say it, but... Seraphim, what is dip but dip but the rhea? Description A serious infection of the nose and throat that's easily preventable by a vaccine. A sheet of thick, gray matter covers the back of the throat, making breathing hard. Very rare, fewer than 20,000 U.S. cases per year preventable by vaccine treatable by a medical professional spreads easily requires a medical diagnosis, lab tests, or imaging always required short term. Resolves within days to weeks critical. Needs emergency carriage of VIT spreads by airborne respiratory droplets, coughs or sneezes, by saliva, kissing or shared drinks. I don't know what that is. It almost sounds like like a strep throat or it almost sounds like um, that stuff you get when you get mono or something like that. But it's spread by coughs and things of that nature. So now um, that is a test that you can get from women ages 19 and older. It's a one-time in place of a diphtheria or tetanus bootner slash tetanus booster, tetanus shot, pertussis vaccine. Seraphim, can you tell me exactly what is a tetanus? According to Mayo Clinic, a serious bacterial infection that causes painful muscle spasms and can lead to death. Oh my God. So you heard that flat out. That was straight to the point. It was simple. It can cause death. It's it's an infection, a bacterial infection. You can get a tetanus from a rusty nail, something like cutting your foot, a little scrape. So you want to be careful when you hurt your skin or hurt yourself or cut yourself especially if it's rusty you want to make sure that you go get yourself a tetanus shot okay so seraphim can you tell me what pertussis vaccine is here's a summary from webmd tdap is a combination vaccine that protects against three potentially life-threatening bacterial diseases tetanus diphtheria and pertussis 
TD is a booster vaccine for tetanus and diphtheria. Tetanus enters the body through a wound or cut. Okay, so basically diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis are all about the same thing. Bacteria, you want to make sure no certain no weird bacteria grows in your blood after a scratch or any case from coughing, anything like that. So it basically this same test, one of these tests covers all areas. Um, and this is something that you should get from women ages 19 and older for women up to the age of 65 every 10 years. For women 65 years or over for one single vaccination, one single vaccination over 60 or 65 years. You never gotten it before, but you're over 65 years, you only need one. If you're a woman from, um, from up to the ages, from any younger and up to 65, you need to get it every 10 years. For women ages 19 and older, it's one time in place of the diphtheria and tetanus booster, you would get a pertussis vaccine. Okay, so I might, I'm sorry if that was a little wrong right there. I tried to say it the best I could and I let Seraphim try to say it. But you can always go find Google and ask her. You can always go to your doctor and ask them. Remember, that is what their job is. That's what they're supposed to do. So now, Seraphim, next up, it's talking about Versilla zoster vaccine. So can you tell me about the Versilla zoster vaccine, please? According to Merck Vaccines, Zostavax is a live attenuated virus vaccine indicated for prevention of herpes zoster in individuals 50 years of age and older. Zostavax is not indicated for the treatment of zoster or postherpetic neuralgia. Okay, so it is for the prevention of primary vacilla infection. And this is for individuals 50 years of age or over. It is not indicated for the treatment of the zoster or post-therapeutic neuralgia, okay? So can you tell me a little bit more about the vaccine and what it is used for? Because, I mean, I understand what you're saying and a little bit, but I don't understand what the vaccine is. This vaccine works by exposing you to a small dose of live virus, which causes the body to develop immunity to the disease. This vaccine will not treat an active infection that has already developed in the body. Zoster vaccine is used to prevent herpes zoster virus, shingles, in people age 50 and older. Okay, thank you, Seraphim. Now, next, I need you to tell me exactly what is shingles. According to Mayo Clinic, a reactivation of the chickenpox virus in the body, causing a painful rash. It is a reactivation of the chicken pops virus. So you want to go and you want to go get your Vacilla zoster vaccine, especially if you have had chicken pops before. That is a risk factor. You want to get this done for women ages 50 and older. It is a single vaccination. No revaccination is required. Now, I'm telling you, this health is serious. We, You see how many things could go wrong and we're unaware of it or we're just not paying attention. We need to check ourselves up into the doctor as much as possible. This is what they're paid for. I keep saying that because seriously, 
this is what they're paid for. Why are you going to make their job so easy Well, the where they don't got to do nothing because we're not doing nothing. They get paid regardless of us to come in on an emergency basis, but we're not doing anything for them to do anything. If we worry more about our, more about our health, then they will worry more about taking care of our health and they will be getting paid for a reason. But right now, if you're not going into the hospital to get checked out, then you letting them get paid for no reason because doctors get paid regardless if we make it to an appointment or not. Remember that it is a one salary. It does not change. They get their money anyways. Make your way to that doctor as many times as you need to. Get on their nerves. Just don't be disrespectful or crazy about it. You know, so um, last but not least, I want to talk about these other two vaccinations that should be done. Um, Seraphim, can you tell me about hepatitis A and B, please? Here is some information for symptoms. According to UNC Health Talk, UNC Healthcare, symptoms are similar for hepatitis A, B, and C and may include fever, fatigue, loss of appetite, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, dark urine, gray colored stools, joint pain, and jaundice. Okay, so those are the symptoms of hepatitis A or hepatitis B. Now, I want um, you to tell me, Seraphim, about the vaccines for hepatitis A or hepatitis B. It is very important that we get these also. Vaccine, the hepatitis A vaccine is given in two doses over the span of six months and the hepatitis B vaccine is given in three doses over the course of six months. There is even a two-dose hepatitis B vaccine now available in the U.S. You can also ask your doctor about getting the combination vaccine for hepatitis A and B together. So you guys, you hear that? You can get a combination vaccine. So you can get both vac vaccinations at one time. Now, I, I need you to tell me real quick um, because I know it's on some people's mind. Like, what is that? How do you get that? How do you get hepatitis A or hepatitis? Well, how do you get hepatitis B? And then I want to know, how do you get hepatitis A? But how do you get hepatitis B? Hepatitis B infection is caused by the hepatitis B virus, HBV. The virus is passed from person to person through blood, semen, or other body fluids. Causes sexual contact. You may get hepatitis B if you have unprotected sex with someone who is infected. Sharing of needles. Accidental needle sticks. Mother to child. Okay, so I hear you. All right, so that was hepatitis B and hepatitis A and hepatitis B. That's it, guys, for my women's health segment. It's time for me to wrap it up. I will be back to you with some good information, some more resources. This is Resource Corner. Thank you. Me, Gemini, Seraphim, we are out.